This episode is actually part two of Captain William Morgan's experience, but it's okay. You don't need to go hear part one first. I just wanted to let you know that if it feels a little jarring to be dropped into the middle of this story, his introduction and earlier history can be found elsewhere on this tour. The Preston made waves wherever it wheeled. Is wheeled the right verb? Sure, wheeled. It made waves wherever it wheeled, but usually it was less explosive than what happened with that police boat. Public reaction was always very, very enthusiastic. They just hoot and holler, or they scream and blow the whistle, blow the whistle. Most of the time, that's what was what happened. Particularly, uh, children would run and scream and holler, and they just thought it was the greatest thing in the world. I got a quite a kick. In some cases, the parents would know less about the boat than the children knew. The children were more versed on a vessel than what their parents were. During my residency, I spent quite a bit of time working in the captain's office on the Preston. And this was my experience as well. Kids would be soaking up what the docents were saying, having in-depth conversations with them, and their parents would have this look on their faces, something halfway between total confusion and paternal pride. Children just seemed to get the Preston. During my research, I was amazed to read that sometimes a captain would have to use the whistles for navigation. My inner child was elated to find out that not only was this true, but that Captain Morgan had done it himself. Yes, a few times, not too often. One time we came out of the Skagit River and it was real foggy coming down Saratoga Passage. We knew what course we had to take, but that doesn't always mean that's the course you're on. Well, they just would bounce the whistle off a hill, you know, or the whatever was there, and you'd get a pretty good idea about how far you were off. I was confused about why they didn't just use radar, but the Preston had no modern electronics. Captain Morgan was asked how he would navigate without the modern aids. Primarily was through uh, your age navigation and uh, your knowledge of which you had to have in order to get your license to begin with. You had to have a certain amount of knowledge in order to pass the examination. Naturally, we never tried to operate in the fog, but there was been times when you would get caught in it. Being born in the early 80s, I grew up with electronics all around me. My mom loves to tell this story about two-year-old Adam and his Fisher-Price tape player. It was this huge chunk of colorful plastic. I would sit in my car seat, listening to music or story tapes, wrapped by the sound. My mom said she loved it when the tape would reach the end of each side. I would smash stop, smash eject, grab, flip, and smash the tape back in, punch play, and be back under the spell in no time. I know this doesn't relate directly to the Preston, but I think it illustrates how for my entire life, electronics have surrounded us. I was in high school when I got my first cell phone, in college when I got my first GPS, and now my phone is my GPS, my email device, and so much more. The crew and the Preston were navigating by sight, sound, and instinct-level know-how. How cool is that? The last story I wanted to share in this episode is probably the scariest story I've come across in these interviews. I'll let Bill Morgan tell the tale. We were working in the Everett area, and we had an open house in Fort Town coming up. So I tried one day to get out of Eric and uh, didn't make it. It was just too rough. So we had to go back into the dock. We didn't going to make it the next day. We weren't going to make it at all. But anyway, I took off out of Everett. Everything was going pretty good. Weather wasn't too bad until I rounded possession head, heading to point no point, trying to get on the other side of the sound and then go on up to Indian Island Passage into Fort Townsend. But all of a sudden, the wind came up. We're doing about a good 40, 45 knots. And uh, we were running what they call a trough. Wind was coming right out of the south. And it was rough. We were doing an awful lot of rolling around. We were taking water clear of the windows. In fact, it was coming through the windows. 
once you were committed, you were committed. That was it. You couldn't turn her around or nothing. I'd call down to the chief engineer and told him, I said, well, give me everything you got. Well, I started out heading for Point No Point, and I wound up in Fowler Bluff. That's about five miles north. <laughs> I cut the buoy at Scatchet Head, and I kind of went on the wrong side of the buoy, but I couldn't do nothing about it. It's a rather helpless feeling when you've got a hard left rudder, and you're using all the steam you possibly can, and you've got no steerage at all. You're through. I guess you keep your fingers crossed and <laughs> hope you make it. <laughs> I've been through Indianapolis Passage quite a few times, and... uh, uh <laughs> I think that's the fastest we ever went through there. <laughs> but uh, the funny thing is, when we got into Port Townsend, the only main dock there was a dock with a cannery on it. We brought her in there, but, well, the way it was blowing, it was just, it was just about off the port beam coming in to the dock. We were going to make a starboard landing. The wind really come up then. Well, I come in about 20 feet off the dock, kind of at an angle, holding myself up into the wind. Once I stopped the engine, she started going sideways faster than she was going ahead. She kind of hit the dock kind of hard, but she hit the dock square. So it didn't do no damage to the dock. But it sure shook the people up in the cannery. They all come roaring out of the cannery. They thought the dock was falling down. <laughs> I didn't realize the pressure would take that much. And she really rode it out good. The office looked, looked like a shambles when I got into Fort Townsend. Uh, everything was tipped up topsy-turvy, the typewriter, the admin machine. And I was afraid the safe was going to go right up through the side of the house. <laughs> but uh, things were pretty well shook up. Well, we straightened it all around again, and that was all right. Everything was okay then. I can't imagine the fear of crossing the sound in that weather. The helplessness and terror of knowing that you were in it and going back was just as bad as going forward. Let's wrap this episode up on a happier note. Captain William Morgan ended his interview by stating that he could not have been happier with his career on the Preston. Really, it's, it was a very good uh, time for me. And, uh, if I had to do the same thing over again, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd have changed my life one bit. I'd have done exactly as I've done. I have no regrets. I've worked with a lot of nice people, very good people. A life to aspire to for sure. This podcast was created by Adam Farnsworth and Sonic Bazaar, with sponsorship by the Anacortes Museum Foundation, in conjunction with the Anacortes Museum and the Maritime Heritage Center. Our theme song is Dill Pickles by Heftone Banjo Orchestra and is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license. The W.T. Preston is an active museum boat and can be visited and toured. To find out more about the Preston, please visit www.anacortiswa.gov slash 379 slash W.T. Preston hyphen maritime hyphen center. Thank you. <laughs>